Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. And I am here with one of my favorite guests who comes on uh, every other month. Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Industries. And Bama provides the fast food uh, apple pies and fast food desserts and now uh, pizza dough for many different vendors such as McDonald's and Pizza Hut and Walmart uh, all over the world. And she has an incredible strategic leadership and and direction. And and her vision for Bama really is people helping people be successful. She became the CEO of Bama in 1984, now includes Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough. They've expanded. And she has four books. One of them is called Finding the Soul of Big Business. And Paula took the reins of the business from her family. It was a family business, over 80 years old now, started on her grandmother's kitchen table uh, making apple pies. So welcome, Paula. Thank you very much, Patricia. I'm happy to be here, like always. Oh, thank you. I want to know, did you remember your grandmother making those pies? No, I really didn't. I was born in the later 50s, and uh, she was uh, pretty pretty well up there uh, when I was okay. born, and she uh, passed away in, sometime in the 60s. I don't really remember. I remember going to her house. I remember being there with a lot of my cousins. She had a very nice home in Dallas, Texas, and um, she uh, cooked dinner for us a lot, and we... We had a room upstairs. I remember we used to, all of us would go up there. We had like seven beds up there, and all the grandkids, mm. her grandkids, I guess, would come and, and stay, and, and we all loved going down there. It was always so much fun. They all sat around and talked about mm. life and life in general and all those kinds of things. So now, did she make apple very, pie? very good did she, childhood. Did she make apple pie when you came? You know, I don't really remember. I remember going into her dining room once, and she was in there setting the table, and I remember looking at her china and her, and her silver and her crystal yeah. and all that and thinking, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> but I was pretty little, so I just yeah, remember and, glimpses and, of it. You know, you know? It, it's so it's so funny to talk about that because it's like today, you know, we don't look at China and crystal in the same way. People can't get, you know, people love their kind of crystal and if they want to sell it, they can't even sell it. Everybody's in, you oh, know, I know. It's, it's, it's awful because it's beautiful. I have beautiful dishes oh, and, and they're no just sitting there. no one sets the table anymore, really. I mean, most, most people I know don't even set the table. <laughs> yeah, we do it. We do it at, at Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and you know, we we set the table, like, and everyone's going to sit down, and we're not going to have a TV going, and we're going to talk. And you know what's so interesting, Paula, when you say that, because I'm doing these webinars now on stress management, one other thing in communication, and I talk about having family meetings, sitting down and talking about your feelings. I mean, we have to teach this now, right? You didn't have to teach this oh, when yeah. you were a kid. No, it's a, it's a, it's definitely, there's been a change in the family structure and, um, I think not for the better. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know what I would do to say, make it different because I'm also a big proponent of women 
entrepreneurs and women being able yeah. to work if they want to yeah. and um, what can we do to help that foster yeah. that, you know, which yeah. is sometimes flexible well, hours and flexible, you know, work times. Exactly. And, and it, sometimes it's going to be working from home now. But I do think, I think there have been some gifts with COVID. I mean, yes, there's been a lot of disruption, but the fact that you have more time, you can spend more time with family, you know, you can be more creative. I mean, things that mm-hmm. we've kind of lost, you know, we, were we spending the quality time before? And now we have that opportunity, right. Paula. What do you think? No, I think you're right. I think we have, there's been some, I would say some pluses, um, you know, some of the minuses, you know, are that women have not been able to return to the workplace and that there's been a huge hit on women entrepreneurs and their businesses. Um, you know, because you can't, when you're put into a position to have to balance children, you know, small children and making sure they do their school and yep. also working and trying to be on a computer and then go check on your kids and back and forth. I, I don't have little kids at home anymore, but my a lot of my team members do. And uh, we've talked a lot about it, how hard, it, how, how hard it's been. But in the, by the same token, you know, everybody went back to, you know, playing games at night and people watched yes. movies together. And, yes. You know, they, they, they had their Netflix in the evenings and they spent time together, you know. And so I think there was... Like you said, there was some good things, and then there were some things that weren't weren't so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, speaking of what's gone on with COVID, I know that you posted an Instagram. Bamit has something called Food on the Move, and you're yes. out there really helping people. Talk about that. Yes. Well, you know, one of the problems that we saw, uh, and my my partner, actually the founder of this organization, is uh, my partner now is uh, Taylor Hansen. I don't know if you remember the Hansen brothers. That everyone always remembers their song called Doo Wop, Doo Wop, Doo Wop, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> and well, yeah. they have a whole wide range of music and they still do a lot of concerts. And they're very popular overseas and they travel around. And he's quite the entrepreneur and has done a lot of different things. He has, he has his own beer brand and his own distillery wow. and that type of thing here in town. But he has a passion about food deserts and people not being able to get the food they they need to have when they need to have it. And so he started this with the shoestring budget, and uh, I was introduced to Taylor a few years ago because I wanted to start a uh, a company garden project, you know, a, a project mm-hmm. where people could learn to garden and learn to put up a, you know, a, um, you know, aquaponic garden in their backyard because we're going to sell them there for very reasonable prices. And so uh, we became aware during the pandemic that several churches, several um, places that support um, the impoverished and people who don't, you know, don't have a lot of access to money or, you know, a job even in this in this climate, um, we're running out of food. And, you know, all the grocery stores were running out of food. So mm. we worked with the food bank. The food bank ships us food on big pallets. We, mm. with volunteers, we don't have, we only have one, one full-time staff guy and one part-time. And every Tuesday and every Friday, they would do uh, food pickups um, around town. So our current numbers are we've given away almost a million pounds of food since last wow. March. So wow. that is 
Food now, what kind of food, food is it? Down, is it food? You know, is it boxes. food that you? Is it food that Bama makes, or is it other food? No, is it like- no. This is all food that was donated to the food bank um, mm-hmm. through, via, you know, grocery stores or other people that give their, uh, you know, their food that to the uh, food bank. So we would take, you know, because many people can't go to the food bank and walk around and get cases and cases of or a pallet of food and walk out of there. So we take the pallets and break them down and put a box of, you know, a, a five days worth of groceries uh, minus mm-hmm. the meat. We don't do meat. We just do vegetables, uh, rice, uh, noodles, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we've, and we try to put plenty of fresh vegetables in every box. And then we are, we're going to be uh, moving to this new location in a few, in a few months to call uh, the food home. And we're starting uh, a food home, which is we will actually have grow beds there. We will have vegetables coming out. We will have a mm. distribution operation. And we'll have a small retail store where people can, uh, can buy, uh, you know, food that they've helped grow. So. That's going to be, it's a pretty cool, it's a multi-year project. We're working on getting some of the buildings built right now, and, mm. uh, you know, we're trying to get that off the ground. Oh, isn't that great? And do people, do your team members at Bama help, too, people there? Do people yes, we have, we have had a, um, we've had a moratorium on volunteerism during this time, this pandemic, because we wanted to discourage people from going out. Yeah. And possibly contracting COVID and then bringing it back. So we're just now starting to open back up to all of our volunteers who have always been so great to come out and help us with food on the move and yeah. the food home. So we'll be adding about four new grow beds uh, this summer out at our food home site. So we will be harvesting, growing. We're going to have, you know, people involved in the community, uh, that we have a nursing home right across the street from where we are, and we will we will be feeding uh, you know several thousand people out of those grow beds. Yeah, that's just so remarkable, wonderful. Yeah, it's surprising. Well, it doesn't take a lot of land, Patricia. What people don't understand it doesn't take a lot of ground to grow a lot of vegetables. It is very mm-hmm. easy to do. And yeah. we have these uh, aquaponic units that we sell. So you can actually set up an aquaponic garden in your backyard and grow tomatoes, peppers, yeah. onions, yeah. all kinds of things. And it uses very little water, very low maintenance. Um, and it's it's available right now. Yeah, it is, and and I know we're doing this here, and you know, in the East Coast too. Um, I think, and mm-hmm. and it teaches people to be self sufficient. You're growing your own things. I mean, it's really um, teaching these wonderful skills, and also you're healthy, right? You're eating healthy food, right? So that, right. that really and makes every box that we send out over uh, at the at the food on the move. Every box that goes into someone's car. Um, you know, gets a, a recipe for how to cook the vegetables in case oh, people don't great. know. So, you know, that's if they don't know great. if they have collard greens in there or they have, uh, you know, wilted lettuce in there, we put recipes for salads and, and you know, different things like that. That's great. It's <laughs> great. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Industries, Bama Companies. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for Walmart and McDonald's and many other places. And uh, they're all over the world now. 
and the company is 82 years old and Paul is at the helm and it's a family business and um, she really walks her talk. I, I really always say that, this, that the, the title of one of her books is really her philosophy, which is Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. Uh, I'm Patricia Raskin and we'll be back with Paula right after the break right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Attention veterans, are you ready to be your own boss? It's time to launch your own ideas into reality. Discover your clean writing style. Gear up with Marine Corps trained motivator, Christina Silva. Christina is a positive energy promoter with a special gift in connecting with innovators. Get the Military Heroes 411 and glean from experts every week by listening to The Christina Silva Show. We're educating our veterans live on The Christina Silva Show, live at 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Companies. They make all of the fast food desserts and apple pies for major, major chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And the business is over 80 years old. It's a family business. Paula took the helm in 1984, and they're now all over the world. And Paul is the author of five books. And also, she's really so philanthropic. And we were just talking before about Food on the Move and how she's helping so many people in Telsa and in other places as well. So welcome back, Paula. Yeah. Thank you very so, much. Excited right. to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you this. I've asked you this before, but, you know, now we're into COVID a year. And, of course, you know, the fast food business, I think, is always going to be around, particularly during COVID. I know it went down a little bit, but then it came back up. 
what do you see now for the future post-COVID with with fast food in terms of health, healthy food, wellness, the way people are going to order? The what, what do you see, Paula? What do you see coming down the pike? Well, I'm a little bit worried. I think there's two paths that uh, we're going to go down. <clears throat> I think the people who don't care about you know, taking care of themselves are going to eat more. I think there's going to be more what I call big food, what we call, you know, big food that uh, a lot of the concerns about calories and and all that are kind of going out the window. And then there's the other sort of, you know, section or grouping of people that uh, are vegan or want to eat, you know, uh, Beyond Meat or want to eat some of something that doesn't contain an animal product and that type of thing. But I think what you're going to see is it's going to be about an 80-20 split. And at least for the current right now time frame, what we're seeing coming out is a lot of really fattening, fattening food. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Wendy, yeah, but- one of their most popular uh, breakfast sandwiches is called the Baconator. Uh, mm. There's chains that have just rolled out double stuffed stuff pizza crust. Um, we have people who have rolled out uh, whiskey burgers with whiskey sauces, double bacon, double uh-huh. cheese, double meat. I mean, it's uh-huh. insane, Patricia. That's, yeah. that's why I'm saying I don't really know. Um, yeah. I don't think the health is at the top of the priority list as but, it was a few years ago um, right, when the Beyond Meat and those things were... Right, but Pardon? Paula, I thought that McDonald's was doing some really healthy things, specifically them, you know, in terms of salads, and I, I even thought, I think in I think in California when I was there a while ago, they even had Japanese food. So, I mean, I think, weren't they very conscious? Yes, but during the pandemic, when they went to drive through only, they, they uh, dropped uh. their salads. Um, they only sold seven or eight salads a day. It was really nice having them, but the waste was high. And the owner-operators had, um, uh, you know, dropped in. They dropped in their their desires for a, quote-unquote, limited menu. And to be honest, McDonald's is still running the limited menu in many respects. It's uh, Mm. Some things have been added, but it's very, very limited. And a lot of those items have not come back on. The yogurt parfaits. uh, I didn't know that. have not come back on. And, mm-hmm. Patricia, their sales are skyrocketing, you know? Really? Skyrocketing. So, yeah, they're skyrocketing oh, with the limited uh, menu. So the owners are loving that because they're not having to have as much labor. They don't have to have as many cartons, as many SKUs, mm-hmm. as many, you know, uh, mm-hmm. cost of components. And they're able to, they've sped up all their drive-through times. They've, uh, you know, they're putting through 200% more customers in an hour than they were. Because they Mm. had a lot of things on the menu that people weren't ordering, but it took a while to study the menu to figure out what you wanted to eat. So Mm -hmm. now you just drive up, you know, there's seven or eight things to pick from, and away Mm. you go. Wow. So it's really been cut back quite a bit. Wow. Now, what about, and I'm sure I saw, I'm I'm going back maybe 15 years, but I think I remember when I was in San Francisco that they had like a a Japanese or they had some kind of soup at one of the McDonald's. Am I right about that? I thought I was right about that. 
Um, you probably are. They probably did do, uh, you know, they had some guys that were experimenting with some sushi or special soups or something like that. But that is not, has not taken off. It did not go national, as they say. Mm -hmm. And they will always probably have some regional menu items that they'll, that they'll push. But this is one of those things that they won't, um, more than likely, uh, it won't it won't expand or it didn't expand, so they they mm. took it off. Wow! <clears throat> now now you know when when you make the pies or you make the pizza dough, um, have you changed the ingredients over the years in terms of more healthy ingredients? Uh, I'm sure you have. Yes, over- we have. Yeah, yeah, we have. We have taken out. I mean, we have everything we make now. It never did have a whole lot of preservatives in it, but it has, you know, it had some things in there, uh, natural flavors, uh, things like that that had, you know, some food colorings and different things. Mm. And those have all been removed. So everything Good. in our products now, uh, there's no more trans fat, there's no flavorings, artificial colors, no anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what you kind of, when you see and you open that box and take that pie out or bake that pizza or whatever, it's it's a very what we call clean label. So mm. it's a very clean label. And that and that's what we're striving for now with all of our products. We're actually working with some customers right now to come up with something vegetarian. We're using a, a vegetarian cheese. We're looking at some different oh. products that we can, you oh. know, um, make vegan. Not a lot totally of people are vegan, vegan now, but, Paula. I'm hearing it more yeah. and more. People are going yeah, that way. Yeah, vegetarianism is a is a grow. It's a growing thing. It's not. Um, it's not storming. Let's say it that way. But that's why I was saying to you, we're going to have a, I think, a dual path that we're going to go down for a long time. And some of the chains are more interested in doing more of a vegetarian menu. I don't think they'll ever be able to be vegan, but you know, doing more of that. And it will, you know, it will stay pretty constant. I think, I mm-hmm. think the people who are going to eat are going to stay big eaters and mm-hmm. they want those big sandwiches. You know, they mm-hmm. want those good values with all that meat and bacon and cheese and everything else on a burger. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to eat. And so I think, but then there's also that section of people that really just want to eat vegetarian. And then some people go back and forth, you know, some people do vegetarian for a while and then they go back to eat meat because they don't feel as well or, or, or something to, you know, um, you know, uh, the diet wise, it doesn't work for them, you know, mm-hmm. to be a total, total vegetarian. I don't know if yeah. you've ever, ever tried it to go totally that way, but I'm, I have a body type that I need, uh, some protein and I need to yeah. eat some chicken or fish or something, yeah. you know, yeah. every once in a while. I don't eat steak every day, maybe once a week, yeah. but I do, I do you know, you have to eat meat and protein at certain times of the Yeah, I find that. I find that too. I'm, I'm, you know, I certainly eat vegetarian. Sometimes I eat vegan, but um, I I agree. You know, I will do chicken and fish. Very, not a lot of meat. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think the main thing is if you can eat whole food, that's the thing, getting away Mm -hmm. from the preservatives. Don't you think the preservatives that have all the chemicals and the processed food, that's what we want to try to, to limit or to get away from. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is, I mean, you, you know, you, you think about an Oreo cookie, how it could be sitting here a year, 100 years from now. You know, it's got so much stuff in it. It's, 
It's a hundred yeah. year old brand that could, the cookies could still be sitting there in a hundred years. So the resurgence has been that people have gone back uh, during the pandemic and bought a lot of those box cookies and a lot of those dry cookies on the shelf. And people started eating that again during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, what, what stress does to people, I think what staying at home all the time does to people, I don't necessarily think it's all been positive, you know, because I think that the stress has been what's, what's causing people to do all this eating, you know, mm-hmm. of some of the stuff that's just not real good for you. Yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, there are people then that have used this time to exercise and get in shape and actually, you know, eat better. So, um, yeah, I think, as you said, Uh, I'd say probably half my friends have those mirrors now that they can do classes on them, you know, with the mirrors and things. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I just, I just, I, I like go well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's because they can't get to a gym because the gyms still aren't open, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, and I mean, one of the things I've done that has really sort of been, been interesting is I used to do a lot of aerobic swimming. So now what I'll do is I'll find a wonderful series like on Netflix or on Amazon Prime and I'll watch an episode. And as I watch the episode, I jog. I just stand there and jog. Uh-huh. And that has been yep. great for me because I get my entertainment and I also get my, my exercise. So that, that's right, been a good thing. Right, Yeah. I have a Peloton bike and that is a, you know, I know they had some issues with their treadmills and things, but I uh, love the Peloton bike. And that that is a really fabulous um, idea because it puts you into a class through the Internet. You get into a class and you get to... See an instructor, you get to log on and have different classes with different instructors, and they all do things differently. And it shows you on the right-hand side who all is in the class, and you can get on these things and just, you know, have a real fun experience trying not to be the last one in the class because it's it's measuring everyone as the class is going on. So Uh, that's been kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's very popular. I know that's been very popular. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I think we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of the books that Paul has written and a lot of the wisdom that are in these books, Finding the Soul of Big Business. And then she wrote a book with um, an entrepreneur, Jim Stovall, and it's called The Executive Entrepreneur. So he talks about it from the entrepreneur side, and Paula talks about it from the executive side, and they solve problems together, and it's just it's just a great book. So I'm going to talk about all of that. You know, how do you – because when you're a CEO of a company you also are an entrepreneur in a lot of ways because you're at the helm and you're creating new things so we'll talk about that when we come back with paula a marshall who's the ceo of bama companies and bama makes all of the fast food desserts and apple pies and and also pie dough uh, and pie crust for pizza hut mcdonald's walmart and many others so you're listening to the patricia raskin positive living show right here on voiceamerica.com america's voice and we'll be right back Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Planning for college? 
Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Paula A. Marshall. She is the CEO of Bama Industries, and they make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for big chains like Walmart and uh, McDonald's and Pizza Hut and many others. She's also the author of now five books, and two of them, I mean, they're all fabulous, but one of them is called Finding the Soul of Big Business, uh, S-O-U-L. And the other one is called The Executive Entrepreneur. And she wrote this with a gentleman by the name of Jim Stovall, who's more of the entrepreneur, and Paul is more of the executive. So, Paul, how did you decide to team up and write this book and come up with sort of the different impressions of taking an issue from the entrepreneurial side and the executive side? Well, it was actually uh, Jim and I... um for several years, Jim was coaching me. We were, uh, he's a, he's a very successful author. He's on the book tours. He's a, uh, speaker. Um, he, his story is such that he was blind when he was, he went blind from a, uh, genetic eye disorder in mm. when he was 18. Mm. And, uh, he tells his story of, how he became successful by being blind and uh, how he overcame all of this adversity. So when I was writing my books and I was trying to, you know, maybe get get some speaking engagements, um, I called him and he met me right away and he said, I don't know if you remember, but 
when I was looking for some funds to start this, uh, he, he has a, a network, a TV network for blind people that, mm. you know, can only, can't see but can hear. So they mm-hmm. take a movie, they buy like, he buys like a lot of movies from Ted Turner and he knows Ted Turner and all this. And he puts the audio to it and then people can, you know, enjoy, enjoy their movie. So it's a, it's a channel that serves, you know, people who can't see. So, he said when he was looking for funds to get that started that he came to see uh, a woman that worked for me in my community giving office and, and asked if I would be interested in helping him. And we gave him $3,500, and he had never forgotten it. So when I reached out to him, um, he was extremely excited to help me. I couldn't figure out why. Well, when we got to Starbucks to meet, he told me why, and I didn't ever even know that we helped him. So mm. it's one of those mm. things that was kind of meant to be. So as we yeah. were going through and I was working on my book, my daughter, Colleen, was also helping me at the time, and she was writing books. And she said, you know, um, Mom, I really think you and Jim could do something together. And she was also working with Jim on some things. And... um so we went and sat down and we started talking. We thought, what would we write about? And he talked about his entrepreneurial gift and how he got started and how Bama had helped him with this contribution. And I talked about how I had inherited a business from my dad. And while we were sitting there talking, Colleen was kind of writing and taking notes. And we decided that, you know, is there a skill set that entrepreneurs have that, um, people who are, you know, come brought in to manage a larger organization have that are the same or different. So we created a little self quiz, you know, for the book where you can go in and get, take a test and find out, are you cut out to be an entrepreneur? Do you have what it takes to mm-hmm. go out and start something from scratch and borrow money from friends and neighbors and dedicate your life to it, or would you rather have a job in a bigger bureaucracy and work your way up? And, and and as we were doing this test and figuring out this is really kind of cool, we we put the chapters together so that Jim would have a piece in every chapter and I would have a piece to talk about in every chapter. And um, it just kind of came out to where it was the entrepreneur and the managerial experience coming out of what does it take to build a team? You know, mm. Jim was the single, you know, he was the blind guy trying to start his own company and, you know, going around town with uh, his wife driving him, you know, at that time trying to get money, enough money to start this thing. So, you know, um, mine was different. My parents handed me a company with no debt and a, and a really big customer, Um But what we really realized after going through all this was that the skill set is more similar than you think, you know? Right. Um, Because we're both working for a higher purpose, and Jim's was to be successful on his own, and mine was to help the family be successful. And it's a lot of skills. Yeah, and I want to say something about that where I think there's a similarity. You know, for you to keep a client like McDonald's for, what, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, I mean, it's been forever, Mm -hmm. right? You have got to be entrepreneurial to stay with the time because otherwise somebody else is going to come along and say, I've got a better apple pie than Bama does. So you have Mm -hmm. got, you know, you have to be forward thinking, you have to have vision, you have to think like an entrepreneur, Right. 
Right. Well, they expect it, you know, and I mean, um, there, but there's also so many expectations that, you know, putting on an entrepreneurial business, you know, adding people, adding staff, you know, training, uh, having a people systems group, having, you know, the ability to hire, the ability to fire someone without stepping into a discrimination thing or a, a problem in court. I mean, all of those things are things that, we both have to think about it's just at a certain point when can you add those functions to an entrepreneurial business and and i think that's that's why i'm so impressed with jim because he did all those things on his own while building and selling i mean if you think about it the entrepreneur has to be all things to all people and we on our end at, at the managerial level we've we've got to sort of sit on top and lead and we can't be doing all the work, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, that's where we came down to the difference is Jim had more trouble as he grew bigger and bigger, letting go and letting and supervising other people to do the work and not trying to create the culture that mm-hmm. allows people to come in and, and, um, and do what they, you know, do, do what they do, you know? Right. Whereas you, so that was easier a, for you. That was easier for you because a lot of things the same. Right, but that was easier for you to let go in that way because you had a structure, right? You had people who were managers yes. who were already running things. Right, and I, you know, and I always worked, so I worked side by side with them, so I always knew what, you know, contribution they were making. But in his in his world. Um, you know, he was the doer. He was the doer, and at what point did he become not the doer? I, I sort of stepped into an organization that my dad had created and had a customer already, mm-hmm. and I just I had to just make sure I stayed ahead and what they wanted and needed. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, Jim didn't have the money to pay the bill, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. My parents left a great, a great customer, a great cash flow, um, and, I, and when I talk to young entrepreneurs, I, I always try to tell them, you know, fo- you can't focus on 50 different things at once. You've got to find the, the one that you want to, as my dad used to say, hit your wagon to, you know, right. um, for a long period of time and, and put all your effort into taking care of that customer, you know, and, and that's how you grow. Um, is to focus on very much, much fewer things than we think these days. Well, and I think we're, we're learning that too. I think COVID has taught us that. You know, all this multitasking isn't helping us, right? Some, we think you've got to work harder and be, you know, work longer. That's not necessarily true. It's being focused, right? It doesn't and and, mm-hmm. and having more quality than just overworking until you're exhausted and then you feel burnout. Right. Well, there are days that I remember being. Uh, up at two o'clock in the morning in a computer conversion or working on a problem with one of the products and down in the, in the plant with my, you know, uh, my R and D team and my R and D group and all of that. I, I, I remember those days when, you know, I was there early and I was there late, but it didn't happen every day. It wasn't all the right. time. It was, right. you know, there were pe- parts and pieces that, that if I was going to get to the next level that I knew I had to, um, 
you know, be there and put the time in. I couldn't be turned over to someone else. Right. Well, you also grew up in the business, Paula. So you knew you knew from the ground up. You know how everything operates, which I think is a great advantage. Right. Great right. advantage. That's true. You know, when you, you know, when you sort of, you know, as you said, you were on the floor, right, making the pies when you were a kid. Yep, I was right there. I knew, I knew uh, all the people. I didn't, you know, I didn't stay there every day, all day, but I knew all the folks, and I knew if there was a problem, they would, you know, they would tell me, and and that's half the battle, you know, is to create that environment or that exactly. culture, if you will, that people feel free to talk and exchange ideas, and then and then tell each other when something's wrong. Um, it, you know, that, that takes a lot of work to create uh, an atmosphere where there's not a lot of fear. Yes, and that and that's very much part of this. the next book that you wrote, well, the one before this, the, the other one, which is Finding the Soul of Big Business. You talk a lot about that, about teamwork, about people being team members, and they're not employees, but you, you really work with them. And, um, you know, I was amazed when I came to Tulsa and I saw your office. I mean, your office really says it all. This is an office that looks like someone's living room. I walk in and I said to Matt, where's Paula's office? And he said, it's over there. I said, really? What is, you know, I mean, it was this gorgeous couch with different chairs. I mean, it was just, you don't have a regular desk. And that is so inviting because you're saying to people, I want to be inclusive with you. I'm not the head here behind my desk. It was, it was, in fact, I took a, I, I took a picture of it and I called you and I said, Paula, is it okay that I took a picture? Can I send it to someone? You know, because I didn't know if that was, okay. but I was so taken by that. It was just as beautiful. <laughs> you don't see that very often, Paula. No, well, I, you know, I had always had my dad's office. I'd always had you know, the traditional desk and had a great big one, you know, that my dad had, uh, had, had, you know, kept for himself for years. And I think maybe even my grandfather had it. And I just, I found it very constraining to talk to people. I found that depending on what I was trying to do there, um, you know, I had my computer behind it. People would come in. I'd get up and go around the desk. I put a table and some chairs in that office that I had because I always liked to, to, you know, talk to people. And we always had a, you know, um, right. I always had a lot of group meetings. I never did a lot of things uh, one-on-one because I liked to have the people come in that worked for the people. I wanted everybody on the same page. Yeah, and so my, for me, it works better to have a lot of chairs and a lot of, you yeah. know, a lot of um, opportunity yeah, for everyone to sit down and share, well, share their thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you really do walk your talk about inclusion. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Industries, and they make all the apple pies and fast food desserts for McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And we're going to talk more about what good communication really takes, and particularly during COVID, where it's so important that we really share our feelings and work together as a team. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. 
It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the fast food desserts and apple pies and pizza dough for many of the chains such as McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. Uh, McDonald's has been a client of Bama for over 50 years. So that really shows the dedication and the teamwork. And Paula's book, one of her books is called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, One Company's Ego Elimination Strategy. And you don't see many companies like this. So welcome back, Paula. All right. Let's talk about good Thank you very much. All right. Let's talk about communication. Let's talk about, you know, I remember the last time we talked, you said, I spend half my time just dealing with communication issues, you know, and straightening mm-hmm. them out. What do you what do you think is the key? Because, you know, sometimes these issues are not easy to talk about. They're tough and people are afraid. They're afraid to open up that they might lose their job or someone might not understand them or they might be, you know, seen in an unfavorable light. What's your advice? Well, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Debbie Edward Deming, told me one time the hardest part of managing is the people <laughs> and managing people. So you can solve problems in supply chain. You can solve problems in, you know, uh, operations and quality assurance. You can solve technical problems. But how do you get people to work together and talk about things that are going wrong before they actually become a problem? 
how do you how do you continuously improve? How do you um, get to the root cause of things and stop it from ever happening again? And most of the time, when you trace that back, it comes right back to the lack of of uh, people feeling comfortable, um, you know, feeling okay, feeling enough respect for themselves and for their coworkers. To, and not be afraid to actually say what's really going on. And so I yeah. think that, you know, when you look at something like culture, and that's what part of my message with Jim and part of my message with the soul of big business was, you know, to me, in an entrepreneurial company, the culture is easy to tee up and to tee off on because it all revolves around the entrepreneur. When things get a little bit bigger and you get maybe one or two steps removed from your team members, the culture becomes what other people say and what other people do to other people. You're not mm. creating that culture anymore. The culture is being created by that environment, whether it's toxic yeah. or whether it's free freewheeling or, you know, many times in these entrepreneurial companies, a lot of the entrepreneurial people leave because the company starts to change. Someone bigger buys it. They start instilling a lot of rules and policies that have never been there before. So people rail against that. They don't like that. So they go find another company that's right. a startup company and they go to work there. So I think what you, what, what the difference for me too in that was that Jim, has not sold his company, but he's had to bring in people to kind of level out some of the entrepreneurialism and create some of those rules and regulations that he can't be there every day to, you know, to make sure that things are going the, the way he wants them. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've been fortunate. I've had a, you know, great group of people working around me, but, you know, I've had a tough time, I'll tell you, finding for example, a director of people systems is what we call it in normal worlds. It would be cause human relations or human human resources. Um, I despise that term. I don't like that term. I don't like calling calling my team members employees. I don't like right. the the servitude you know mindset. So we spend a lot of time on team building, on training, on training management, how to speak to people, what to do, how to create those environments how to be friendly, smiling, you know, but yet how do you continuously improve processes? Well, you don't run around and blame people when things go wrong. You get everyone together, you start trying to figure out what's going on here, and and you build, a, you know, a, a Pareto chart, and you do some analysis. You don't right. immediately shoot off the gun looking for the person that jacked right. everything up because 90 times out of 100 is going to be, the person sitting in the big chair that jacked it all up. And right. that's what people have a hard time believing, you know? Well, like, if they me, just as a focus- CEO, I could create a problem? Really? I could create a problem? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You probably of are course. the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, too, Paul, another thing is if you can focus on the issue rather than the person. And what happens is we start blaming and shaming instead of we've got an issue you know, yes, it may have been, you know, this person, that person, but that's not going to help us to blame them, right? What's going to help us is to look at how can we work through the issue? And I think I think that would that makes a big difference. What do you think? Yes, it's the it's the focus on the process, not the people. And that's right. that's the difference, you know? That's the real difference, Patricia. It's and it's very hard to do in the heat of battle to say what went wrong instead of who did wrong. 
you know? Exactly. Just a difference, the whole different feeling that people have when they're safe and they don't feel like somebody's coming to try yep. to gun them down. Yeah. And that's and, and, and particularly during COVID, where, you know, our what we're really looking for is connection and safety and hope. I mean, that's part of a human need. And that was been threatened during COVID. So even more, we even have to communicate even better. I mean, I'm doing so many seminars and webinars on communication. You know, how do you handle COVID? How do you deal with people? How do you express your feelings? How do you say the right things? I mean, just on communication. How do you say it in a certain way? Right. How are how are people taking that, Patricia? Are they listening? Are they loving yeah, I think it? They are they are. I think they really are, Paula. I think it's really needed. You know, and the other they thing that I'm finding that I'm doing excited about getting it, the training. Yeah, I think that, that they really are. And I think the other thing is people now I'm doing a training for people going back into the workforce. So now it's going from home to work. That's a whole other transition. So it's uh-huh. you know, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. We had to go through a lot of change, but I think it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also it's it's forcing us. I think to communicate better. I mean, if we want to improve, right? Do you find that? Do you find right. that communication has gotten better? Well, I think you know there's pros and cons. I think to the Zoom environment, and I think a lot of people in the Microsoft Teams and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the work is definitely getting done. I mean, the productivity in the country is up, and you know. Mm. If we could get the workers to come back to work, it would be great. But right now, we're having we're having a real tough time getting people to come in, you know, for, for, to work. And and that's that's part of what's going on right now too. Is we haven't the stimulus came a little bit too late, and now we're ready to open back up. All of our businesses are ready to open back up, and we can't because we don't have the workers. So I think what what we need to do is let all this stimulus money run through and then you know people need to come back to work i mean it's a it's yeah. good for your soul yeah. it's good for your heart absolutely. it's good for your body absolutely. it's good for everything right right absolutely and i'm look for, looking forward to things getting back to normal too good all right well if people want to know more can they they can find you on facebook right yes uh-huh paula a marshall on facebook and uh you know, my uh, I have books on Amazon.com. I have a lot of okay. people that buy buy my books on Amazon.com, okay. and and uh, they're out there. They're right there. All right, Paula. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was delightful well, as always. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> All right, thank stay on the line for a second. Um, yeah, stay on the line I for will. a second. All right, everybody. Um, that um, concludes this program of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living for this week. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Uh, You can also write to me so you can get my newsletter, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And if you're thinking of doing your own show or your own podcast, contact me because I can help you because I've interviewed thousands of people, and it's uh, wonderful to get the message out. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.